Hi, it's Shade. Hi, it's Rola K. And welcome to episode five of the Other Side of the Atlantic podcast. Welcome, everyone. Hey, Shade, how was your week? I had a tough week. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Um, work's been kicking me in my butt. Uh, I told you last week that it's, <laughs> uh, it's our busy time and it's my, um, my first time in my new role um, doing the planning for, um, for the next few years. So it's been tough, but it's also been really rewarding. Um, but yeah, I had a tough week. But I, there's been a few um, bright spots. Yeah, there's been a few bright spots I found out from two friends um, last week and this week that they were both expecting. Um, so, even, yeah, um, so even though my um, my own personal life is kind of just like busy and, and inundated with work, it's nice to know that my friends are doing really well. Um, and they both kind of have their struggles with fertility. So it's really good news to hear. Yeah. That's such great news. But yeah. you're doing so well. You're yeah, doing I, great. I am. You have those moments. Um, but that's why it's important to make sure you do things that make you happy and bring you joy, like Marie Kondo says. So um, I will be going on a hike tomorrow. So um, we should see. Well, I'll let you know how that is. Um, because one of the- Oh, fun. Yeah, Where are you yeah. going? So I'm going to Sugarloaf Mountain in Virginia. I think nice. that's where I'm going. Yeah, so it should be really interesting. And I can let you know. Um, have a funny story about someone who is going on a hike. Um, and I'll share that with you next week. <laughs> okay, cool. Okay, interesting. <laughs> and how was your week? <laughs> I had a good week. I had today and yesterday off, so I'm Ooh. feeling relatively relaxed. Yeah, so it was super busy at the start of the week, just trying to get everything done in time. Um, but today and yesterday, I had a lot of me time working on my own project. So that was really nice. Um it's as important yeah. to invest in yourself and as it is for you invest in work. So it's good. Preach, preach. Yeah. And then I just had a really nice Zoom call this evening with um, my group of friends who I would normally be seeing if we could meet up. Um, so people I normally go to the beach with and a few of us are dotted around the world. Um, so we had a catch up on Zoom and it was just so nice to see everybody's faces. And then um, one of my good friends, um, he and his wife are actually moving back to London when COVID is over. So they're leaving mm-hmm. Lagos. So I was like, oh, wow. I'm just, I, I mean, it's just cool. I just feel yeah. like been hibernating. And now people are coming up with all sorts of different ideas. And I love it. That is really interesting and also perfectly in, as always, into our main topic. Um, so this <laughs> week, we'll be talking about COVID epiphany. So things that people have discovered um, during COVID. So some people like your friend realize that maybe they don't want to live in the country that they're living in or want to work for their company that they're working with or want to be with the person that they're currently with. There's a lot of people are reconsidering their life um, now that we've had the slowdown and the time to think about um, our daily schedules and what we really do like. And like I said, bring us, brings us joy. So that's what we'll be talking about in today's main topic. And then uh, this week's wild card is on um, how to huga. So huga being the Danish word for coziness and, you know, enjoying the simple things in life. And we're going to talk about Whilst we've been home, what are the small things that have been bringing us pleasures, the small routines, um, and how you can fit that into your um, life? 
And then, um, as usual, we're going to begin with the What I'm section. So we'll be talking about what we've been reading, watching, and following in the past week. Great. Let's get into today's episode. Welcome to our What I'm section, where we tell you about what we've been watching, reading, and listening to in the last week. Um, Shadi, why don't you go first? So what have you been watching? Anything good? Yeah, so I stumbled across a movie on Netflix. Um, so like I told you a few weeks ago, Netflix and Amazon have been really great with their Nollywood content. So this movie is mm-hmm. a Nollywood movie. It's called Fourth Republic. It's on Netflix and it stars Iyana Ngwegui, uh, Kate Henshaw, and Linda Ejofar. Um, <laughs> I just have to laugh at your pronunciation. <laughs> Not that my pronunciation is any better. I think mine sucks too, but sorry. <laughs> I was holding back my laughter. No, but, how, do I, how do you pronounce her last name? I don't know. In way good, okay. I don't know. Just tell us what it's about. It so, sounds cool. I'm sorry if I butchered the last names, but I really, Indiana, <laughs> I, I, I really love him. So he was also in um, The Wedding Party. So he's like one of my favorite Nollywood actors. So I'm really sorry if I butchered his last name, or his first and his last name. Um, but anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. Um, anyway. <laughs> it's, it's a political drama on Netflix so I must say it is the best Nollywood movie that I've watched this year and probably top five ever it is the, the actors <clears throat> all of the actors in the movie are like top notch the plot is amazing like there's like it is it's like the shot the production everything was excellent um and it was why are you telling me this on Friday, I would have watched that tonight. It well, sounds you, so good. And now you can watch it over the weekend. But just a quick synopsis of the movie. So it is about an election. They make up a, a fake state. It's called Confluence, Confluence State. Um, so it is an election. So Kate Henshaw's character is vying to be the first female governor of Nigeria and of the state. And um, there are 20 polling stations, local government areas in Confluence State. And the incumbent governor wins 10 and Kate Henshaw wins nine. And the last local government um, uh, polls, um, the polling station was burned down and like 13 people were massacred. And it turns out that um, someone uh, basically orchestrated the massacre and the burn down of the polling station. So the governor ends up winning because he had the most votes before that um, before that local government area was burned down. And the movie is about um, the trial because she takes the um, she takes the uh, results to the tribunal. So that's what the movie is about. But it's an excellent movie, and I highly recommend it. What I'm have so you been good. watching? What have you been watching? So strangely enough, so last week you said, "Oh, I'm going to talk about Knives Out," and then you did it. <laughs> so I then saw it on my mum's Apple movies, and I watched it. Uh, you need to you need to get ago. Prime. I I thought I gave you my login because it's free on Prime. So why are you? Are you I'm not sure it was in Nigeria. Slash, my mom buys everything, so uh, I just please, I, I, <laughs> I just maybe, use everything she buys. Maybe I'll send you my Prime thing again because it's free on Prime. Me, Thank you. <laughs> Amazing. Send it. Send it. So I'm just here being spoiled and using my mom's Apple. But um, Knives Out was so great. So it stars Daniel Craig. And um, the rest of the leading actors are also really good. And it's set in this beautiful home. The scenery is really gorgeous. It's set in this home somewhere in the States. I don't know where. Do you know where it's set, Shadi? It looks like it's like somewhere in the Northeast. So like Boston, Massachusetts, New England area. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, And it's gorgeous. So first of all, it draws you in because you're just happy watching the scenery. (laughs) And it's like 
it's so different to anything I've watched in a very long time. So um, it's about this guy, this man who is a billionaire writer. He writes um, detective novels. And at the beginning of the movie, he's found dead. He's found um, stabbed. Um, and the movie just tries to uncover who killed him. And it's both funny but clever with really great dialogue. Yeah. And I, I don't want to say too much. <laughs> Everyone is a suspect. suspect. <laughs> it's a whodunit, but it's done a with a lot of humor, but also with a lot of intrigue. And um, you have to listen really carefully to the dialogue to not miss anything. Um, it's really great. So go and watch it free on Prime and if yeah. not on Apple. Shadi, <laughs> um, what have you been buying in the last week? So I bought a desktop, uh, countertop grill um, from Cuisinart. <laughs> so I live in a city apartment and I do not have, um, I have outdoor space, but not big enough for a grill. So I decided why should that stop me from enjoying some corn or some nice, you know, patties or grilled food. So I bought this grill mm-hmm. and it is amazing. It was about a hundred bucks. Um, I got it from Macy's um, and it is amazing. It's like the best grill ever. Um, so completely recommend it. Maybe I can share a link um, in the description of this episode. Mm, sounds so good. So you can make grilled corn. But you, you don't have ube. Corn. I don't have what? <laughs> ube. Do you know what no. ube is? No. What is that? Oh, okay. It's that little little fruit that's grilled along corn in oh. Nigeria on the roadside. It looks like an yeah. avocado, but a very okay. small version. Oh, I know. I know. I know. I don't like it. I don't like it. <laughs> Okay, yeah, you either love it or you hate it. Yeah, but it's the season like it. right now, I've yeah. been complaining. I was stuck in quarantine and we can't get corn and ube. And next thing, rainy season will be over and there'll be no more corn and ube. Well, once they let you out to, to buy corn, you can grill it on this Cuisinart griddle. <laughs> sounds so good. Please share a link. <laughs> <laughs> what have you been listening to this week? Um, so I've been listening to some music. So I'm proud of myself. So, um, <laughs> so my new French friend, he sent me um, two songs which I love. Um, one's Florence and the Machine, um, Never Let her. Me Go. Yeah, I used to like her. I saw her in concert like 10 years ago. Oh, wow. And then I feel like she's fallen off the map. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Never Let Me Go. It's a great song. It's a love song. And um, Billie Eilish, I Love You. Um, and listen to the YouTube version of that one that's live in concert. It's really moving. She performs it with her brother and she Aww. like cries the song. So that's what I've been listening to. So um, have you been following anything in the last week? I have been. So um, last week, uh, the Supreme Court upheld DACA. And what DACA is, um, it's, it's an acronym for the Deferred Action of Childhood Arrivals. And it was a congressional act or legislation enacted by Obama in 2012, which um, allowed illegal immigrants who were brought here as children um, to stay in the U.S. under this program. So these are people who um, literally don't know, have like never lived in their home countries as adults are Americans, just like I and other Americans are, um, but they're not legal. So he allowed them to register and have legal status. Um, So there's about 800,000 people on this program and 90% of them are employed and 45% are in school. So they're like all active citizens um, in this country, right? 
Um, so when Trump got elected, one of his things was that he was going to end DACA. And the fight went all the way up to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court allowed um, DACA to continue because um, many people weren't able to re uh, to, uh, just to register for DACA. So they closed the registration uh, loophole. So um, they, they can stay and it doesn't create a path to citizenship, but it allows them to remain in the U.S. and to stay in the U.S. And yeah, and what kind of sucks is that if they didn't withhold it and it would uh, hold the program and they and um, and it was discontinued or it was you know struck down, they have all the information of all these 800,000 people. So they could literally go and mount them up in like a few days. So it kind of sucks and just because send away all these children who's only the only country they have ever known as the US. Who have kids and families and businesses and jobs here. So um yeah. I was very, very happy because um, you know, I know people who are here legally um uh who've come as children. So um it's it's a great program and I hope that um yeah I hope that um they uh, yeah so I'm very very happy. Have you been following anything? Um, I have so following meaning following stuff on Instagram. I'm <laughs> <laughs> <still> following. <laughs> yeah, so I've been following two brilliant pages for the last few weeks. I've been actually looking for people I can share them with. So one page is um, at Jamie and we'll share this on our social media. And she's a photographer, and her Instagram profile simply reads um, quotation marks. I left Manhattan for a year in Provence fell in love and decided to stay oh, wow. doing one piece of art per day in quarantine. Yeah. So she's this American photographer and um, yeah, she moves to Provence and she's there with a partner and a daughter mm. and every day does a new photograph and her page is stunning. It's like really, really dreamy, romantic, pictures and it just feels like it's in another time it feels like you've gone like 60 70 years back wow. in time yeah and she she lives in this like country home like in, a rustic um, type of feeling right yeah really rustic and the photos are very rich so mm. she spends a lot of time planning and staging the photos and what I love about her page is she posts one photo a day but in her stories she show, she's kept all her stories from every day of quarantine and she has for each day how she sets up the photo. So you get wow. to see the process that she takes. Yeah, and it's just beautiful because, you know, on Instagram, you just see nice pictures and you're like, ah, me too, I wish I could buy a camera. <laughs> how did they do this? But she like shows you like, <laughs> um, it's not easy, but it's so cool to see how she stages it. And she buys these handmade clothes for her and her daughter, like in silks and cotton. And it's really, really gorgeous. Um, so I really recommend her page. And then I've also been following another page, which is at Domsley22. We'll also share on our social media. And I found her through the other lady's page. And she's um, Polish, I believe. Um, and she posts lots of photos of flowers and um, nice scenery and fields full of daisies and sunsets and then she has this really cool thing where she keeps posting images of coffee and like melting mm. ice cream <laughs> so it's also it's a really nice page to escape that's, that's what I've been following yeah so um have you been grateful for anything in the last week Shade? 
Yes, there's loads of things I'm grateful for. Um, but the one that I'm going to talk about this week is my family. So um, I went home for Father's Day last week. Um, and as I was going with my dad, um, coming from a restaurant, we passed a graveyard and I saw tons of cars in the graveyard. Um, wow. And yeah, so I see this every Father's Day and every Mother's Day. And I'm just so thankful that I don't and won't have to, by God's grace, spend Father's and Mother's Days with my um, with my parents in the graveyard for a very, very long time. So I'm just grateful that both of my parents are here with me and my family is happy and healthy, especially during this time. So yes, mm. I'm just really grateful to have my parents and my family. And what about mm. you? I'm grateful for that too. I'm just so grateful that um, everyone in my family is well and there's been so much pain and death in the last week in particular like yeah. people dying in Nigeria and people friends of my mom and it's been really sad so I'm so grateful everyone in my family as well and I'm well um, and I'm also grateful um, so I went for a walk today as usual with the dog and my friend Maya so I'm also grateful for her just you know oh. I've been able to have one friend that I'm seeing during this time um, so that's been really really nice um yeah that sounds awesome the uh quarantine friends and buddies have been really really great um so that was our what i'm segment for today uh we are going to get into our main topic which uh are covid epiphanies um we're going to get into that but before we're going to take a short little break so welcome to our main segment for this week um it's called covid epiphanies so um, the lockdown has us all revisiting every aspect of our personal and professional lives. So we've had the time to kind of think um, about where our lives were headed pre-COVID and where we want our lives to be headed uh, post-COVID. So we've seen in the news um, about how our lives may change post-COVID, right? So we talked about, they've talked about businesses going remote. Um, I know Facebook yeah. has announced that um, in the next five to 10 years, that up to half of their workforce will be remote. Um, and there's implications to that. That's like, crazy. It's, it's awesome. Like, it's, it's, it's crazy, but it's awesome because that opened up a whole um, array of talent not based in San Francisco because San Francisco is extremely expensive. Um, so, mm -hmm. so I may in DC get a job for Facebook and still be based here or maybe in Alabama or some other places or maybe not even the US. So um, there's implications to that, right? Because if there's not a concentration of really any industry in one place, then you won't, maybe won't see the high um, rent prices that we're seeing in San Francisco, New York City and, um, and DC and some other larger cities in the US. Um, yeah, and it just leads to flexibility. Like you can literally be anywhere and be working in another company. Um, like I've even had people who have come back to Lagos from London. Mm -hmm. So um, one of my friend's husbands, he's come back to Lagos for quarantine. He's been here for three months and he's working for his law firm um, in London in like That's this awesome. high powered job. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and he can be here with his wife and his kids. So I mean, I love that it just it's, makes things more flexible for us as employees. I think so too. I'm going to be taking like a week or two and spending some time with my sister. Um, she lives in the Midwest. So like, I like the fact that, yeah, you can do your work remotely. Um, and so that business, uh, you know, aspect of remote work then influences our lifestyle as well, because I can maybe choose to live in 
Hawaii <laughs> and still have my job. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, if I can afford to live in Hawaii. <laughs> so, so there's a lot Take of me changes. so there's a lot of um changes in the business world that affect our personal lives so we're going to talk about some business changes that have been announced um and some uh some kind of foresight into where maybe our lifestyles will change after covid and we're going to also give our personal opinions in those changes as well as where we see our lives changing um so We've also been thinking um, in this downtime that we've had on ways that we can change our lives um, post-COVID. So that is what we plan to do for the segment. So it's going to be very interesting, like all of our discussions are. Um, so I'm going to start off with um, thoughts on how business culture and environment uh, will change post-COVID. So uh, Fast Company um, it, I published an article uh, a few weeks ago on how... Um, the business culture may change post-COVID. So they spoke to uh, Fortune 500 leaders in tech um, and some other industries on how um, work will change. So one of the things that uh, they've, a few of the things that they've said um, was that working um, from home will be permanent for some employees. So we talked about Facebook, um, how Facebook uh, will uh, implement permanent um, work from home for 50% of their, of their staff. Um, and we, uh, we've also seen that we work. So we work uh, for those uh, in the US and even in Europe. Um, we work is a company that basically takes um, really nice uh, business locations. So like prime locations in Manhattan, in um, San Francisco Bay or in these really nice cities um, and they rent out spaces to people. Um, we work struggled pre-COVID um, and they- Aren't they bankrupt now? As far as not, yet. not yet. <laughs> Okay, but their business model is really failing. They're completely failing. Um, so so pre-COVID, it was failing. And post-COVID uh, definitely is also failing because people realize they may not need to run an office space um, and be in a physical office location. They can do their work from home um, and it, and it yeah. reduces a lot of overhead. So that's one of the things mm-hmm. that some of these business leaders uh, see. Another thing is we have reduced because we work in the equivalent of we work in Nigeria called Workstation Mm -hmm. and we have cut our office space down from before requiring space for 20 people. And now we only take a a space for five people just because no one's going into the office. Um, And the last time I went in, which was about three weeks ago, it was really empty. Like the only other hours that had even kept the space was another multinational tech company. And it looked like all the Nigerian-owned businesses had actually canceled their contracts. Mm, um, yeah. scared anyway. Um, but they've let us keep our room and pay for just three to five heads. I forget how many we're paying for. Wow. Um, just kind of reserve it for us. But the truth is we don't need it at all. And right now, the maximum number of people going in is like one or two people. And from... <laughs> mid-July I've told the team that okay because we did a survey on business continuity that where do you guys want to work are you people happy at home or do you want to come to the office <laughs> and basically everybody was like oh, we want to come back to the office I was like oh, really? okay that's <laughs> but really? sorry we don't want to be spending yeah really can you imagine wow all our- these like young 
yeah our, our business uh surveys have been completely opposite like and our company tries to spin it. they try to spin it to say oh some people and it's like literally 95 percent of people say that they're gonna stay home and they're like oh some of us have expressed like not. Nah. <laughs> I think have because a lot of people in my team live with their mom and dad. It's a very, very young team. So apart from like in our senior management team, people are married with kids. Everybody else lives with mom and dad. And I think in this Nigerian culture, they don't understand why you're on your laptop all day. True, eh, true. Zoom meeting. Mom and dad will just be sending you up and down. So I think that's my- why they're like, please get us back. I 100% agree. My mom does not understand that, like, just because I'm physically not in the office doesn't mean that she can talk to me while I'm on conference calls. Like, that's what they think, so my mom is sending me to do all sorts of things. I'm like in a conference call with like investors, and she's like sending me up and down. I'm like, hey, Joe. Because, because I live alone and far from my parents, I can comfortably work from home. And I want to continue uh, to work lucky, from home. Lucky woman. <laughs> Absolutely. Lucky woman. Absolutely. So just a few more points. Um, so one of the things that they've also mentioned with the, was the use of video calls will increase. So um, I've attended um, happy hours and video calls. I've attended graduations. I've attended weddings. Um, I've attended a lot of things mm-hmm. in the past few months on video call, um, things that we traditionally didn't think would be on video call. Um, so I know that one of the things that they've seen, and I've seen even in my personal life, that the uh, uh, use of video calls may replace traditional celebrations um, going forward. Another thing uh, mm-hmm. was that um, our- That's a horror. I really hate that. It's so cold. It just takes away the warmth of it. It's like- hey, dialing to this really important life occasion and just wave to me via video call. I think it's so, it's it's what we have to do now, but ugh, I just really don't like the idea. I spent, I did one video call that was very, very moving. Mm-hmm. It was a friend's 31st birthday okay. and her boyfriend realized it. Yeah, and people dialed in all around the world and he made us go around and all say one thing that we thought was special about her oh, and so it was nice. really yeah because these are like her 20 best friends around the world so we had all heard of each other and in normal times we wouldn't all have been able to go to a birthday party in Germany right like she has friends in Nigeria and New York it was really wonderful to have everybody on this one course I think that is something special about these zoom calls is that people from everywhere can join and it was nice because we all shared personal things and everyone really listened but all the other calls I've really joined I have to say they lose that human connection they lose that warmth so, so I, I'm 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 really not looking forward to that so I agree with you but I also agree with your latter point that um you normally wouldn't have been able to attend or you or some other friends uh, my uncle had his wedding on, on zoom and his mom was there his mom so he's based in Philadelphia and his mom normally wouldn't be able to come to his wedding she lives all the way in um in Eloring. Um, in Quar State in Nigeria, she wouldn't have been able to attend. So um, I like the fact that um, we, yes, it's kind of sucks because it takes away that warmth, um, but we also get to attend events that we may normally wouldn't have been able to attend. So just one so last, true. yeah, so one last point on how business may change. Um, it's a big point. We talked about WeWork and we talked about um, uh, uh, some other companies, but uh, venture capital um, will look very different. So. We talk about WeWork and we talk about Uber and we talk about some of these unicorn companies in the past who were given tons of money and are failing now, right? Um, so venture capital will scrutinize 
companies that they lend money to, and um, they will scrutinize cash flow and burn rates um, and reevaluate what companies are truly unicorns. And this this kind of COVID, uh, you know, time has really had the venture capitalists and some of these tech firms look at the sustainability and the, and the um, long-term growth of companies. Some companies may not survive, but if we have to go into quarantine again, will you know they're going to be looking to invest in companies that will survive during downtimes and uptimes. Um, yeah, yeah. So that is my point on how business may change after COVID. Uh, Valaki, do you want to give us some uh, points on how our personal lives will change after COVID? Yeah. So just like Shade was referring to the Fast Company article, I'm referring to article from Vox and we're going to share this on our social media, um, but it's called um, the COVID-19 Pandemic Legacy, Quarantine State of Mind. So it points out um, 11 ways that um, they argue that our personal lives will change post-COVID. So I'll just pull out um, some of them. So firstly, um, it talks about how intimacy will be really different. So how we interact physically with one another will change. So, you know, meeting up as groups, you know, We'll be thinking more about whether or not we hug someone, um, whether we're going to shake hands, whether we're even going to sing at karaoke <laughs> because we'll be wearing masks and how, how does that look? Um, so, yeah, so that's the first one it highlights. And I think in cultures like ours in Nigeria, where we're a very tactile culture, we're a very warm culture, it's hugs all around, it's a lot of people, it's big weddings. Um, that's going to be interesting to see what happens here. And yeah, the second one I want, want to I just want to make make, uh, one point on that. Like, I'm just thinking all the family members that I've seen during COVID, I've hugged each and every one of them. (laughs) Oh, really? Yeah, like, I just, I don't know. No, I'm not not hugging. I'm not touching. We're doing waves. We're doing maximum. The most contact I've had is fist pump. So I I think you are. I've, I've come to the conclusion <laughs> that I probably had COVID and gotten over it by now because the amount of maybe, that I maybe had, it just doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, interesting. Okay. Okay, second one, I'll pull that from the Vox article, is how masks will become a wardrobe staple. Hmm. Um, so yeah, in Lagos, we are all wearing masks. When I go on my walk, I'm always with my mask and I hate it when I see people with that. I'm just like, why? Because it's an offense. It's like you're literally offending me. I'm putting me a liability of sickness. Just go away. Um, so yeah, the article highlights that. And there's so many beautiful masks out right now. So I'm okay with that as long as I can get some lovely ones. So um, I'm going to do a plug now for my friend Banker's mask that she makes from silk. And she designs the mm. prints on the silk herself. And they're truly gorgeous. And each one she sells, she gives a free one away. Oh, um, wow. to the um, initiative I started, Neighborlink. Oh, um, nice. Yeah, she's doing such a great job. So I'm, I'm so impressed. And they're actually beautiful. So they're masks you would want to wear. Um, so my I'm okay with making, becoming a my staple. Mom, my mom is making um, Ankara mask for um, nice. some people that she was handing out. So she was handing out packages to um, people oh, like me. Yeah, and she made Ankara mask. And I've seen, like, even, um, I've seen a lot of people around with Ankara masks, so... Yeah. yeah, they look good. They do. I mean, we can go into another discussion about mm-hmm. how they are, you know, cloth versus the um, K9, sorry, KN9, but let's not go into that for today. <laughs> um, so another point the article pulls up um, is people will be saving more for emergency funds. So how so many people were unprepared financially for the economic ramifications of COVID, you know, we didn't really, 
no one knew this was going to happen. And the statistics the article refers to is that 30% of Americans have no emergency funds and only one-fifth have the recommended six months of living expenses saved. And I dread to think what those stats would be for Nigeria. You know, we are last minute culture. Yeah. We think one day advance, but probably a heck of a lot worse than even that. So yeah, the article says people will save more. And then the so. next point that I want to pull out, I hope so, is that voting will become easier and turnout may increase. So, you know, the US elections coming up this year. And so it refers to how many US states have funded mail um, in ballot initiatives since the start of COVID in preparation for the presidential and congressional elections in November. So they've started funding um, the ability to vote by mail. Whereas like in England, it's a very, very normal thing. You can vote by post. I can oh, vote as a British and in Nigeria by post. Yeah, as you know, very, very normal thing. Yeah, so, you know, America, there's so... There's been so much talk about why does democracy in America not seem to be democratic? So I yeah, truly do pray that <laughs> this year changes things for America. Um, yeah. So I just add one small, point, one small uh, point on that. So uh, unfortunately, mail-in ballot voting is very political because um, people think that if mail-in ballot uh, polling happens, uh, people will vote, tend to vote more Democratic um, than Republican. So there's a lot of effort in the Republican parties not to um, fund that effort. So many states um, and territories like DC have funded that themselves. Um, I, I did um, vote uh, in May. We had our primaries in DC and I waited in line for five hours. And that is the last time that I will vote in person mm. in DC ever again. I am going to submit my mail-in ballot for the November election. So I, I, I like that initiative for that. That's great. Go you. <laughs> um, next one I will pull out is that many independent restaurants will close. So the estimates are that up to 75% of restaurants in the US will close. And the restaurant industry is such a low margin business that it's so heavily de dependent on cash flow that they just can't survive COVID. And like in Nigeria, it's been sad to see here, um, yeah, just how restaurants are suffering. But there's been a real push by the community of restaurants here. They've gone out, they've done joint videos that have been trending on social media, and they're really pushing their deliveries and drive-through um, service. So I hope that restaurants and pivot how they operate because we all need comfort food right now. Me, I'm yeah. eating very well during COVID. <laughs> I'm eating very, very well. I eat a lot and I eat well. So <laughs> even if we cannot chill in restaurants, I, I do hope that people will keep ordering. I mean, I'm ordering more than ever. So I hope <laughs> restaurants do survive more than that predicted percentage. And then the final one that I'll pull out from the article is that home improvement will become an even bigger industry. And the way that we look at our homes will be different, that people will focus more on making their homes really a haven and a beautiful space and there'll be great investment in making your home great because you cannot escape and go on holiday um, as much. So yeah, that's it for what I wanted to pull out. So we will go into part two um, and just share our reflections. And if we think these views from these two articles um, chime with what we've been experiencing um, so Shada, do you want to go first on this one? I think we've already shared a lot. So I think this so, section yeah, so maybe, <laughs> maybe we can just share one point each. Um, and the point that I will share is your last point on home improvement. 
Um, so I've always uh, been really into interior designing and I find myself more so now because I'm in my home all the time. Um, mm-hmm. So I've like in this past uh, three months that I've been home, I put up wallpaper um, in my Not dining so? area um, with a friend. <laughs> um, oh, look at you. I know her in dining room. I'm not. I told you I'm not. So I put up wallpaper. <laughs> I um, ordered Ikea furniture and I built that myself. Um, well I, done. Yeah, I've, you know, ordered some stuff for my my apartment that really just bring me comfort. I'm now setting up a desk area because I've been using my dining room table and now I want to use my um, a proper desk area. So I'm investing in my home and I've always loved it, but it gives me an excuse and I can just blame Kwan yeah. for, for making me spend money. <laughs> and also you're saving so much money. You're not going clubbing, uh, yeah. you're not buying drinks, yeah, you're not sure. eating out, yeah, you're not going on any sure. holidays. So yeah. it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I will. What about you? Um, mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on some of these tips? So I will refer to the point about business changes. So I spoke about how we've been really pivoting to completely working from home and ensuring business continuity by, you know, even our call center staff are literally working from home and we're getting them call credit. Um, so I, I really that really resonates with me, just the move to digital and um, work from home culture. And I think also as well as the practicalities of making things work when you're working in your house. Um, for me personally, before COVID, work was so busy, um, like so crazy, like 150,000 miles an hour. Yeah. And, you know, I feel like a lot of people our age, I was dri- deriving a heck of a lot of my personal value from my work and my mm. work, sorry, my personal worth from my work. And, you know, we had been planning as MCOPA to go out for a huge fundraise based on their expansion and scaling up in Nigeria. And we had just received investments um, in terms of grant funding from the World Bank and the Nigerian wow. Rural Agency. Yeah, so it was all like, yeah, money, money, money. We're moving, we're growing, we're recruiting. And then COVID. <laughs> so it was like, uh, like you have all these plans but they're not in your control yeah. and the uncertainty the first few weeks was so excruciating because we kind of saw the domino effect around the world and our office in the UK they started working from home and then in Kenya they started working from home but Lagos we were like ah there's no COVID no COVID in Nigeria <laughs> like, only one Italian man and then as soon as we came to Nigeria we were like hey, Lord help us because we know that we cannot cope like other yeah. places can cope the health infrastructure and you know the lack of organizational planning so I feel like for me you know one of the biggest changes was that mental change and having to let go of control and you know in the long term the business was fortunately protected because you know by the group was doing well elsewhere so that kind of buffered the business in Nigeria we didn't have to lay off any staff um, but, yeah, ju- but just that in mindset, so really focusing on scenario planning and risk planning and tracking our working capital and ensuring we survive. Not really, we're not thinking about thriving. No longer are we doing fundraising. <laughs> Nobody is. So, um, yeah, just sharing your point that, you know, investors, venture capital, everything is kind of on hold and people are just having to do their best with the cash that they have. And that's really resonated with me. So that's my um, takeaway. That's perfect. Um, I agree with everything that you said. 
Um, so in this next part, we're going to talk about, we have spoken about it a bit. So um, we will talk about just changes that we intend to make to our personal lives uh, post-COVID. Um, like, we, like I said, we've also been reevaluating the things that um, we want to change and things that maybe we didn't like that we were doing prior to, uh, to COVID. So <laughs> one of the things that I'm looking at um, for my personal life uh, is that I realized that really nothing is impossible. Um, so if America, yeah, if America and, and Europe and Africa and Asia, some of the largest cities in the world, the biggest economies in the world can change, can shut down, then what is my excuse? Um, <laughs> so mm -hmm. I, I don't have anything. Um, you know, we always talk about what, what we would do if X, Y, and Z happened and this X, Y, Z is happening. <laughs> so um, yep. We need to really reevaluate. Um, I, I am reevaluating what I want um, and what makes me happy. Um, so it's really no excuse for me not to do the things that I've been planning for, whether it's um, starting. Do you think that's happening because you have more time to do it? Like, what do you think is causing that change and you reassessing what makes you happy? I think it's time, but then also, like I said, like realizing how these economies have stopped like nothing is impossible like you there's there's really no you know I, I used to say that we spend so much time planning our lives that we forget to like kind of enjoy it and to live it so um the things that mm -hmm. we've been putting off like I'm not like putting off anything like um things that I've been like wanting to plan wanting to buy wanting places that I want to go I'm not putting off of those things anymore so um that's one of the things. I love um, that. Yeah. Um, another point is that my ha my happiness is my priority. So um, mm. I, we spend as, you know, as Africans, we, you know, we're told that we have to, you know, help other people out, help our families and our parents and all. And these things are extremely important, but we, I have to put myself first. Um, and th th that doesn't mean that I can't help people out and that I can't care for people. But my, my priority is my happiness, um, number one, um, and things that really bring me joy. Um, and I love this so much. <laughs> and then also, um, I realized that I want to make a, a, a physical move. Um, I've enjoyed being back in the U.S. It's going to be three years uh, next month, so in July. Um, and it's, I think it's about time for me to, yeah, I think it's about time for me to look at my next move. Um, and there's a lot of things, you know, you don't want to, uh, one of the things my mom was happy about me coming back was that, oh, I can finally settle down. And I've been having that in the back of my mind. Like I can settle down anywhere. It doesn't have to be in the U.S. It doesn't have to be in Nigeria. It doesn't have to be, you know, anywhere. It's where, uh, where I find joy and where I find happiness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, and the and the last thing that I've kind of been thinking about my personal life is that I can't rely solely on my employment with my employer as my source of income. Um, I've been very grateful um, that I've been, you know, spared. Um, my company hasn't had to lay off anyone. We've been, you know, doing, thank God. Yeah, we've been doing pretty well in comparison to other companies. Um, but again, as, as fortunate as I am for that, it's an eye opener that I can't rely solely on that paycheck. I need to do you know, other things. Um, it's because we just don't know what might happen. For me too, yeah, it was just, yeah. a, it really shook me up. It's like, yeah. you literally might not have a job tomorrow. And yeah, yeah. You, yeah. You, you, you may not. So you need to, I, you know, I've always, you know, I have a friend who 
work. She has a master's degree in accounting, but she also does nails on the side and has all these other business ventures um, that she does. And she has multiple streams of revenue. So um, I, I, I like love that. Fact, yeah, I like the fact that she always has kind of a backup. And I'm thinking about that, like in the future, what kind of business do I want to have um, in the very short term, not the long term? Because again, I'm not waiting on, on things. Um, I'm going to, uh, you know, start. And even if I fail, I, I will start again. So yes girl so many bombs yeah so many yeah life bombs i'm just yeah. i'm just like soaking it all in we definitely mm-hmm. need another chat after this but can i just ask you a question about your physical sure. mood yeah this is this is big so okay maybe i mean where where do you think that came from that desire i know you've lived in nigeria before but it's like pretty radical to be like okay i want to leave my so, life and everything i know yeah, so I know, like, I know we were talking earlier this week about, like, a future episode that we want to do um, on, like, you know, how life has, you know, the reality of life in our 30s versus what we planned. And I actually was thinking about that. <laughs> I, I never, like, I never planned, I, ne- I never yeah. planned for me to be in a particular industry. So I never thought about work, like, growing up. I just never thought, I just knew I wanted to live in cities. So like, yeah, I never thought about like my occupation. I just knew like I wanted to live in certain cities. So like, it's just really realization of kind of what I've always wanted to do. I've always wanted to live, be kind of a digital nomad. I wanted to live like, and I wanted to live in London. I was actually going to go to school in London at one point. I've wanted to live in, you know, Paris and I wanted to live in New York. And for a um, short time mm-hmm. I did, I did, you know, so just kind of thinking about what I wanted to do. Um, and like taking the decision and doing it because yeah, who knows, sure. you might catch COVID and then, yeah, you'd be stuck. So, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. now I just, I'd be more, um, yeah, brave, I think, because we've seen the potential worst that could happen. Yeah, we have, and it's happened. So there's nothing, that's, we can only go up from here, right? We've hit rock bottom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we can only go up from here. <laughs> You are brave. And I think for a lot of people, this whole fear of COVID has actually made a lot of people think differently to you. It's made a lot of people safer and more risk averse. Whereas you're saying that this whole scary, scary COVID is making you brave and making you want to do things now. Just super cool. Yeah, we only have one life, right? So like, you you know, I've done my 20s and my 20s have come and gone. And there's things that I didn't, I wanted to do in my 20s that I haven't. And my 30s Mm -hmm. That won't be the story of my 30s, so. Amen. Yeah. What about you? Yeah. So for me, I don't have as many, you know, life bombs as you. (laughs) Um, But (laughs) I feel like COVID has made me similar to you in terms of just wanting to seize the moment and being less worried about planning. I'm a huge planner. (laughs) I plan not only like months in advance, years, but like, yeah, years in advance. And I kind of map everything together in my head. And I'm like, this, I'll do this and I'll do that. And it rarely ever works out, but I keep doing the same method of planning. And I don't know why I keep doing it when it doesn't work. But anyway, COVID has shown me that I need to just chill the heck out and mm-hmm. be a lot more present, be a, a lot more present um, with work, with my personal life. And like pre-COVID, I was talking to this guy um, and we were like getting to know each other and I was starting to like him. And, you know, like before COVID, he then got like really stressed with work and he was really overwhelmed by stuff. And um, yeah, I feel like he got a bit distracted. And then like when COVID hit, um, I feel like he then got ultra overwhelmed 
by work wow. and like the things were very deep. looking at before like um there were pressures on his business were just exacerbated by covid right you know mm-hmm. things that were already bad before COVID got even worse um and i kind of reflected on how much energy i put into that situationship which was certainly nowhere near even a relationship which is what i was, I was gonna ask to. you that so i was gonna ask you did you feel like kind of his energy was affecting your energy yeah it was and especially because i wanted it to work yet he wasn't sure what he was really doing at that moment in time in work and that was clouding his energy mm. for this potential situationship so I think I definitely drew some of that energy of uncertainty and then work was crazy like I was saying so I feel like there was so many emotions and so many drains on my energy and the reason I bring this up in answer to your question of what do you intend to change about your life post-COVID for me it's seizing the moment being more present being more intentional about what gives me good energy and less about like I'm gonna plan 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 for the future for this future relationship situationship that may evolve (laughs) and take this relationship that is in my face take the relationship that is a viability now and not be like oh I'm going to be think I'll think about this relationship that's more possible today because that other relationship may happen it may but the other one may never happen um, <laughs> that's what I realized. That one never happened. It crumbled in the middle of COVID. Yeah. So I think for me, it's just. I hope this doesn't sound too philosophical and waffly, <laughs> but just being more present, taking the opportunities that are here in front of my face, and stop thinking about tomorrow. This tomorrow that this guy will change. This guy will develop. This will change. This thing will happen for work. This thing may never open up for Absolutely. work. So see that opportunity for work that is here today. So that's it for me. And just, I want to add one quick point on that. Um, I remember <laughs> a few years ago, I was out um, at dinner with a f- uh, friend um, who was a few years older than me. And she was uh, t- she was going through a divorce and she was telling me one of the things that she liked about J-Lo was that J-Lo always had a man for every season of her life. <laughs> and, <laughs> and we can talk about, you know, the complexities of that statement, but I just like the fact that like, and I looked at it, J-Lo just does her when it's, you know, convenient to her. Like, the man could be the father of her kids, Mark Anthony. It could be, you know, um, Ben Affleck. It could be, you know, Alex Rodriguez. He just lives for the moment and lives her best life. And I've always, like, kind of said <laughs> But I think it's very bad for her husband. No, this woman is weird. happy. But she's always happy. 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 Yes. Children. And she'll now be twerking at age 50. Ew. I mean, she looks great. But like, she looks great. Child, that's why, mom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway. Um, okay. So, yeah, man for every season. No, me, I want a man for every season of my life. Or, we do. But they we remain do. that. We do. But if it doesn't work, like, she doesn't, like, it's like, yeah. if it doesn't work, then it doesn't work. And you just move on with your life, right? So, obviously. And you just move on yeah yes. you yes. know I obviously want to be with someone for a lifetime but unfortunately if it doesn't work then it doesn't work and you both can go your separate ways and that is just it <laughs> yep yep yeah okay. <laughs> okay so we're before we close out this section uh we're going to quickly give some tips on how um we can uh you know tips for you guys um on how you can change your life post-covid and my I just have a very quick tip um like I said one of the things that Walake um and I talked about prior to recording was that she said that working in a um, in a startup has taught her that just go for it. 
go for it. If it fails, okay, learn from your failures and, um, and move on. So if there's anything in your life, whether it be business or personal, anything at all, just go for it. Um, plan a little now, but just go, you know, plan as you go. Um, not like saying that you should like, you know, take stupid risk and you waste all your money, but just, you know, go for it. If you don't ever go for it, you're never going to do it and you're always going to regret it. So my just, my tip don't is, yeah, my tip is just go for whatever it is in your life that you've been wanting to do and haven't done. What about yours? Preach. Preach. <laughs> Mine is the same tip. Mine is the same. Mine is, look, during COVID, I've started two new things that have always kind of been on my heart. So mm-hmm. this podcast, I always wanted to like do something where I could just talk about irrelevant stuff, <laughs> celebrities. <laughs> I always wanted to do it. Yeah, but in too. like the normal business of life, who would ever carve out the time to do this? But now without a commute, we're doing it and we're enjoying it. And it's something yeah. to look forward to. So um, I want to keep doing stuff like this and not box myself and be like, oh, you are a country manager. What you do is solar and manage teams. No, I can do whatever I want to do and I can try it. And if it doesn't work, I can stop and start again, try it again, but just try. And then, you know, the other thing that I've been working on during COVID is this charity to help um, people in Lagos um, during COVID because so many people could not work. So people that earn day to day didn't work. So, um, and also my sales team, they couldn't really sell for a period of time because there was a lockdown for a period of time where no one was allowed out. So I was like, okay, these guys are kind of laying idle and they help out and recommend people that they know in their communities that are hungry. And that's where the idea came from. And then I was just like, on my laptop over a weekend and someone recommended a web developer and somehow by God's grace, I put together a website and it became like this initiative and so many friends and friends of friends have donated. And I'm like, I always wanted to do something that could support um, desperate Lagosians. But again, where was the time? So I think my, my advice or my tips, because I'm enjoying doing these things that I'm not an expert on, I have no experience on, but I'm just trying them. Um, so I guess my tip for anyone else would be try whatever it is that you want to try, start it, fail quickly, learn from your mistakes and um, iterate again. I'm so proud of you for starting that. It's like so relevant and so needed right now. So I'm so proud of you. So, so, so much. Well, that is our segment for today. Um, we hope you enjoyed uh, our discussions and our thoughts and our tips as well. Um, so um, we are going to paste uh, some of the links to the articles we were referencing in, um, in the segment. Um, but yeah, that is it for our uh, main topic today. And we're going to go into our wild card next. Welcome to our wild card section this week. The topic of this week is how to huga. So huga is the Danish um, word that means just enjoying the simple things in life and enjoying your home and making your living space feel good and make you feel happy. Um, So, you know, being in COVID and being stuck at home, it's made both of us reflect on the importance of making where we live and our living spaces um, feel good and bring, making them bring us joy. Um, And so today we wanted to talk about um, what Huga is and you know, how we can bring a bit more of that into our everyday lives. So I lived in Denmark for um, about 
a year, a couple of years ago. And when I was there, I really embraced this central part of Danish life. So people in Denmark just say hygge all the time. They say it when they want to say, oh, that's cute. Oh, that's sweet. But this big thing around the world and this trend. Um, and it is really central to their culture. And it basically is just the concept of finding joy in simple everyday things and simple everyday practices. So like in Denmark, you'll see in people's homes, they have like they really take care in how they put their homes together. So it goes kind of beyond how you would imagine you know, Scandinavian design and it's more about them making their homes. See, that's what I kind of tied it to is like it, tie, it, it ties to me to the Scandinavian kind of aesthetic of having like, you know, minimalist and white um, backgrounds uh, in like the home. Yeah. And yeah, that's what that's what I think of it when I think of it. Yeah, it's and like, it is uh, that. It, yeah. yeah, it's definitely that minimalism, but it's also like injecting like your own personal um, uh, well, not interest, your own personal things that you like yeah. that make you happy. So like throwing in a, a some nice candles and some nice scents or some nice blankets um, and like just taking care with how you would like put your food together. Um, and like, for example, you know, like after work, if you come home and you pour yourself a glass of wine, it's not just that you'll sit down and drink your wine. You'll pour <laughs> your wine, then you'll light a nice candle and um, like embrace that whole moment. So it's just like this idea of being cozy and, you know, it's cold there, you know, it's a yeah. cold place. So they spend a lot of time inside. <laughs> so it's like, how do we make the indoors fun? So, yeah, so what Shade and I want to explore now is how we've been making our lives hygge, uh during quarantine. And Shade, like, loves interiors and um, so do I. So we'll just speak about, you know, the first time we found our own hygge. So the first time we really kind of embraced making our um, homes cozy and being mindful of like um, daily practices and I just wanted to add a couple of things so if people want to find out more they can afterwards so um, there's an author called Make Viking he's the author of the little book of Huga and um, he says in his book that Huga is, an, is as inherent to Danes as freedom is to Americans mm. and it's really this idea that, that I don't know if you remember when I was living in Denmark but Danish people take their um, peace of mind very seriously <laughs> <laughs> they don't like to they take their holidays seriously and it's a they allow themselves to have pleasure in the everyday they allow themselves to take their time over meals like every lunchtime in the office we had to all go to the canteen and it was like a major taboo if you did not sit with your team in the canteen and spend time with them um and also just the way the food was set out in the canteen was beautiful like even for an office lunch and just one more story just so you guys can really imagine how the Danish people embrace this huga. I used to have a boss who would canoe to the office every wow, day. Like canoe. Happy. Yeah, so from his house near the woods, he would canoe to the office. And, you know, everybody cycles everywhere and that brings them, like, everyday joy. So I think I've rambled on a bit. So <laughs> let me have a to share. Um, do you have a story of, you know, you finding your huga for the first time? Yes. So just recalling um, shopping for my dorm room, <laughs> um, going into college uh, my freshman year. So um, I remember like, back, I know kids now want to Instagram and have like designer furniture in their dorm rooms. But back, you know, in the early 2000s, um, the place to go was Target. Target had like an amazing 
um, college dorm selection. So picking out like my I towels. Love <laughs> yeah, it was like the place to buy your college dorm stuff. So picking out my towels and my like decoration and thinking about like what the bread, what bedspread I wanted versus like my, the color of my rug and just certain things to make my apartment, uh, my dorm room feel like comfortable. So that's like really thinking about like cougaring. I don't know if that's correct. Um, or just even yeah. my, my love of design really goes back to when I was 18 and going into college and thinking about how. And I were you sharing to- a room or did you have your own space? We did share a room. Yeah. So everyone shared a room. My, my first year of college was extremely interesting. Um, six girls in one apartment, three bedrooms each, two bathrooms. It was a hot ass mess. Um, <laughs> as, you can ex- as you can expect. Um, but yes. <laughs> what about you? What was your first uh, time finding your hooger? I think mine was living in Denmark. So I think um, up until then, I'd always lived at home and even, you know, living with friends at uni, it was shared spaces. So I never really got to put my stamp on things. So I think, you know, when we lived with each other in 1004, we actually did try. Remember, we got those cool cushions that were Ankara. Yes, that was amazing. Yeah, it was so nice. <laughs> that was yeah. fun. So we yeah. got those turtles, which we killed. <laughs> I didn't kill them, you killed them. <laughs> hey you make me seem like such a bad person yes no, i forgot about them i was better. very stressed you're a much better yes. dog now that's been alive for like what the past six months. <laughs> and he shall live for 20 years amen, in jesus name amen, amen, amen. <laughs> but basically when we were leaving 1004 let me just segue I was leaving to move to Denmark. I was very stressed. I was rushing out. That's how I forgot the turtles. So for me, <laughs> my first time finding my hygge was moving to Aarhus. And I had this lovely small apartment. And, you know, I was pretty lonely at first in Denmark. I didn't know anybody. So I tried to make my home my haven. So I got really nice plants and I got um, some books and nice pillows. And those books and pillows have come with me, like, since Denmark back to well to New York and to Nigeria so that was my first time I think trying to be really mindful of having things that I like and nothing expensive necessarily but just pieces that I really liked in my space and nice vases for my plants Mm. um yeah so Shadow you've been sending me some nice pictures of your lovely apartment um can you share is there a particular part of your house right now that you really like that makes you feel calm and grounded um especially during COVID Yes. So um, I guess I had the foresight to start investing in some pieces right before COVID. I'm not sure why, but um, I graduated to a grown, sexy woman's couch. So I have, yeah. a, it's a cream color couch that I got from West Elm that I've been eyeing for a very, very long time. Costs a ton of money, but it's a great investment. Um, and it's cream, mm-hmm. it's cream colored and I have some accent pillows that are black and white. Um, and the couch is the most comfortable couch in this world absolutely worth the investment mm-hmm. yeah so I like that's my tv watching couch I lie on the couch and I watch tv and uh, it's, it's really really comfortable so that um and my bed so I got my bed super dirt cheap um the frame was from Ikea and the mattress was actually from Ikea but it was a bit of a higher end Ikea mattress um but it is so comfortable um and my room is like mm-hmm. dark it's dark and it's cold so it's like the perfect sleeping environment and I have a really, really comfortable bed. Um, so those are the places that I really find like my comfort and my joy in my apartment. 
That sounds so nice. Is your current bedroom as dark and chilled as your old bedroom? It's not because I have a window now, but it's as cold. Oh. It's not as dark because my last my my last um bedroom did not have any windows, but it was perfect because I could sleep until it was 11. perfect. I, love I could that sleep apartment. until eleven a.m. and I wouldn't know what time. <laughs> <laughs> I love that place. I found yeah. your new place. <laughs> what about you? What parts of your home make you feel grounded and calm? So I have one part in particular, and I don't spend enough time there. So it's my living room. So I live with my mom, and um, I love our home. But my living room is kind of separate to the rest of the house. And I love it because I'm the one who designed it. So it doesn't have my mom's taste. So it's all me. <laughs> And um, I have a lovely turquoise um, sofa in there, which I got mm-hmm. when I was in New York. I remember I you buying it, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. And I have yeah. this gorgeous um, it's blue and turquoise um, carpet rug, which I also got in New York. And it was too big for my shoebox apartment in um, West Village, but it's perfect for Lagos. And it's, the whole room is just kind of blues and whites. And I've got um, hand-me-downs from my mum, she has this set of like bluey turquoise um iron wrought um like a coffee table and a mm. side table um yeah so the whole room is just kind of peaceful and it's got the sea turquoise and blue and white um and there's pretty good light in there and i i have all my books on the coffee table so when i just go in there it just feels like me and i have all the books i'm yet to read and then the ones i have read so it feels good um, and there's no TV in there, so it's usually mm, quiet. That's a perfect place to read it. It is, but I, I, I should spend more time in there. But, um, so that's my favorite space. I'm sitting out in my room on the balcony where I can look outside and get um, some sunshine. I also like going there. So one of the um, things that I like about your home from the pictures that I've seen, because I have not seen your new home yet, um, is the fact that everything is like, it's, it's I think now it's like um, design-wise, the the having an open space is like really in but I kind of like how everything is segmented right like I kind of like how you're in the living room and there's no and there's no tv and you can actually just be in that space without having to hear things from outside so I like how it's segmented into different ways it's 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 really nice I can't wait for you to come yeah Yeah. it's nice something else I'm grateful for So one item from your home, Shade, quiz time. Is there one item in your home that brings you major joy? Yes. So I love, love, love this brand of candles. Um, it's called Voluspa. It's V-O-L-U-S-P-A. And they're kind of really expensive, about 30 bucks. And I always buy them when they're mm-hmm. on sale. <laughs> um, but I have the particular one that I like the most. It's called the Baltic Amber. So I call it like my date night candle. Um, if I'm like dating someone, yeah, if I'm dating someone and I have them coming over, if I'm cooking, I always burn it like an hour before they come because it just Ooh. smells, it's like so sexy and like, it just smells beautiful. And it, it, it's, um, it's, it's expensive, but like it's, you can really smell it. It has like essential oils. It sounds so Yeah, good. so you can smell it all around the house. You can smell it like once you enter their apartment. So it's my favorite candle. It smells really good. <laughs> what about you what is that one item that brings you joy yeah mine is similar mine is um uh, an oil burner um I got it in a layover in um Morocco in the airport and it's mm. like this clay oil burner and um I only have one oil right now and it's um orange orange flower oil mm. and um I mix it with some water and I put a tea light at the bottom of the burner 
and the fragrance is just like um it's really um what's the word it's not calming it gives me a lot of good energy um so yeah that's my one thing that i like to light when i'm having a chilled evening reading a book with a glass of wine yeah so um another quiz question shade what is what person it can either be a person's house or a hotel or just somewhere that you love that you take inspiration from in terms of making your own space um more joyful so uh earlier um this year a friend of mine sent me a link to an architectural digest um article and it was this woman she lives in a 300 square foot studio <laughs> i don't know 350 square foot is a maybe a living room and a half like it's a very very small space but um the apartment is just so richly uh, decorated um she lives in the upper west side and she's bonus she's also a west african girl like us <laughs> um but i love how she designs um her apartment so her couch mm-hmm. is like this she has a pink couch so well, you remember my old pink couch that was super uncomfortable yeah. like, like i hated that couch cuz it was really uncomfortable but it was such a beautiful <laughs> color um yeah. this couch this couch looks super comfortable it's pink she has a whole bunch of color it's a really small space um like her rug has like um elements of like pink and and gray and red and her her um kitchen is like all these vintage um appliances and it's so beautiful wow. it is it is Where did you like, say lives again i it's architectural digest i will um send a i will put a link in the description but it's like probably one of the few homes that i've seen and i'm like i want my home to look exactly like this and there are a few so i can definitely tell she shops at west elm and cb2 um because there's a few pieces that i recognize in her um, home that i've seen there so we can definitely have the similar kind of design aesthetic but it is amazing and it's it looks larger than 350 square feet i don't know if i can live in that small of a house um but definitely <laughs> it's definitely well decorated yeah so what about you what 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 piece of art or um space or you know house makes you feel um brings that joy to you and inspiration yeah so for me i think really i took so much um inspiration from my time in um Denmark so I really love like all the ceramics there and I like the minimalism and the use of space and light um and if I had to put my finger on like one person's home I'm finding it hard because I don't read these architectural magazines and but I follow lots of people on Instagram but like just one place that comes to mind is um Frida Kahlo's house in Mexico which is like pretty different to all that minimalism mm-hmm. um uh, <laughs> yeah it's actually like a lot of color and my favorite part of the house is the outside and it's this beautiful deep blue yeah cuz i know you went on your trip too mm-hmm. <laughs> so do you remember that blue like this like I, I what do. do you call that blue it's um, like a it's like a dark it's like a a dark deep water blue almost um yeah it's like a, like a deep it, water yeah yeah it's like deep water and it's very vibrant yes. and i just i love that color and i like all the use of the water features Um and then inside the house there's also a lot of artwork and it was very personalized. Um so I take inspiration from that so just encouraging me to put pieces that I like um even if only I like them just spread them everywhere because they make me happy. So her house kind of so the the house is called Casa Azul so blue house in Spanish. It kind of reminds me of like a house in Ecuador. Um like with it does right it's like very nice it's old but it has like a really nice like outdoor space 
I, I've seen definitely a lot of house in Ikoi, um that reminds me of her house, but it's it's a wonderful yeah. serene place for sure. So thank you for listening into our wildcard this week on life's simple pleasures and enjoying the everyday. Um, thank goodness that COVID-19 has helped us living in fast-paced cultures to slow down a bit and appreciate the smaller things in life that perhaps other cultures had been appreciating all along. Next week, we're going to be looking at how where the place that you live affects who you are. I'm really excited for that uh, topic for next week because I have a lot of thoughts, as always. (laughs) Um, We want to thank you for your continued support of the podcast. Um, We are inspired by all the messages that we get from everyone, our friends and our family. Um, So we just thank you. And we actually continuously to support and send us those positive messages. We love reading um, your thoughts on our episodes every single week. week. Um, And you can continue to follow us. Um, on the interwebs at Other Side of the Atlantic um, on IG and Side of the Atlantic on Twitter. Uh, There's additional content and previews to upcoming episodes and additional content um, for current episodes. So this week, Walaka and I will be sharing um, pictures of how we hoover at home. Um, You can find pictures of our apartments and things that make us um, feel extra special and extra loved during this uh, COVID time. So, um, yeah, so continue to follow us online and make sure you share your thoughts um, and comments on episodes on our Instagram and our Twitter pages as well. Until next time. Until next time. (laughs) So this is our third and final section of the main section, and we're going to be chatting about London. So I'll go first with my best story of London. So um, I basically grew up in London and around and yeah London will always have a huge part of my heart and it's just a very nostalgic place for me but if I had to pick my best 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 memory it would be summers in London so you know just all those days when it's warm and people are in a good mood um and I have this particular memory of going to um um, Love Box Festival with some friends and chilling out in the park um, in the sunshine and then also festivals like Notting Hill like just how you can do quite a few like fun outdoor things in London and lots of music you can dance and let your hair down like dancing in the park so those are my best best memories of London um, what about you Shadi? what do you think the pros I know you haven't lived in London but I know you were thinking of moving there so for you, what, what are kind of the pros of London? Yeah, so I, I think um, I will be venturing into London in my very um, <laughs> near uh, future. But um, I haven't lived there before. Um, but just visiting, um, spending summers there. Um, some of the things that I loved about London is just the cheap international food. I remember going into like M and S and getting like <laughs> like yeah, a bento box. yeah and getting like a bento box of like sushi and all these things and spending like less than five pounds like getting a whole lunch like Europe in general has much cheaper food than in the U S but I just like cheap kind of high quality <laughs> food yeah yeah what did you say you got cut off a bit. Oh, I said an excellent quality. So just like mm-hmm. the M and S food is just the best. 
It is the best. Like, I will go and m and spend $20 and have, like, three days worth of food. Like, you can never do that in Whole Foods. <laughs> exactly. So I just, I love, like, the cheap, like, international food. Like, I love how, like, international food is, like, part of, like, British culture. Like, you'll have, like, some of these people who probably voted for Brexit who, like, eat Indian food. Like, every Yes. <laughs> and international food in London is so good like you go to like the best indian or best chinese best anything yeah Yeah. i love that international food um and how international food is british food um yeah yeah and i love the mix of people like it's like such a beautiful culture one of the things that really struck me going um you know to london when i was younger was just like a lot of nigerians i remember like peckham like my uncle was like let me take it to peckham and i was like oh my god it's right nigerians and brixton you have all the caribbeans I just love the amount of like black people from different parts of the world. I um, love it too. Have you yeah. ever been to Notting Hill? I need to take you. I don't but... think I've ever been to Not- Notting Hill. Okay, before. so it's like yeah. the Afro Caribbean carnival in London, uh, and like it really shines through. Like the people from everywhere, and you know, everyone being so proud of their own cultures. Yeah. Yes. So I, I just love that. Just like the mix. Everyone like you know is part of their cultures, but they're also British. Um, I, mm-hmm. I absolutely love that. So those are some I love that. And then I love the very too. British cultures and events too. Like Wimbledon is just like mm-hmm. probably my favorite sporting event ever. Like I just love in the summertime, I have all these memories of camping out, like literally sleeping over <laughs> with a tent just so we would get tickets to watch the tennis. And I just love, you know, all those days out getting strawberries and cream and doing these very like simple British things and just like enjoying enjoying um life in like a really simple way yeah yeah it's very simple sometimes it's just so nice and just you know perfect perfect british summers yeah so worst story um so i think my i don't really have a particular story but i just remember like the negative parts of london can be like it can be pretty stressful. Like people live pretty far away from each other, pretty spread out. London is huge. Like New York, I really enjoyed how small it was and Uber is so cheap. But London is really expansive and you end up just seeing friends that live in the same part of London as you. Like if you live in West London, you see people who live in West London and Central because it just got exhausting for me anyway, going to East London and North London. So it's, it's a bit exhausting and you can find yourself like quite stressed, burnt out with work and travel. Um, yeah. And I think my other kind of negative point of London would be like the lack of kind of openness of people. And, you know, like the very British thing of not really talking to strangers apart from if like the Olympics. I remember the summer of the Olympics in London was one of my happiest summers because yeah. everyone came out of themselves. Yeah. But in general, just that thing where you get on the tube in the morning to the office and nobody looks at you, nobody <laughs> smiles at you. Um, I have this memory of the morning Obama was elected and my brother and I, we ha- had like a party in our house in the morning before we went to the office. We were like, yeah, yeah, Obama. And then we got on the tube thinking that everybody on the tube would be like, yay, black president. <laughs> reading their newspapers. And I was like, oh God, England, why? <laughs> Those are my negatives. <laughs> and what about you? What would you say the negatives are? So I don't have so many bad memories only because I, you know, never lived there. I just was on vacation, and you're generally happy when you're on vacation. <laughs> but yeah, um, <laughs> one of like the most memorable things that happened when I was in England, I went to um, I think this is like my sophomore or junior year, so my second or third year of college. I decided to go on a trip to London 
um, and stay with my uncle with my boyfriend at the time um, and my friend. Um, so we went and, you know, my friend wanted to, my friend who was from Europe, um, but has been living in the States for a long time. Um, she was like, oh, you know, she, you know, first time being back in Europe for, she, she's not from London, but first time being back in Europe for such a long time. Um, so she's like, I'm going to party. I'm going to do all these things. And we went out like partying um, in the city and we didn't realize that. So my uncle lives in the suburbs. We were staying with him. We didn't realize that like the train stopped going to the suburbs at a certain time. So we were out. I think <laughs> We must have like left the club or like left what we were doing at like one and try to take a train back. And they were like, yeah, train stopped running to that part of, you know. Oh, no. To that part at a certain time. So we literally had to take a bus from inner London to Thamesmead. I'm not sure if you know where Thamesmead is. I it's do. Literally, it, it took us like three hours to get there by bus. We got, we ended up getting home at like 6 a.m. in the morning and like slept until like 4 p.m. But this is the right of passage. <laughs> Taking the bus at night out in London. It's a right of passage. <laughs> well, <laughs> it was stressful and we were tired and I was like pissed off. Because I'm like, you're the one who wanted to go out and now we're like stuck and having to take a train and a bus back. But it, it was definitely a memorable time. So I, I loved, I loved it. It was a really, really fun time. Awesome. So that's it for our London section. And it's it for our main section this week. So we hope that our stories have um, got you thinking about where you live and how it may be inadvertently affecting and shaping who you are for the positive and for the negative. So if you are thinking of relocating, uh, do bear uh, this in mind that where you live may literally affect what age you get married, whether or not, you know, you're like meeting and making lots of new friends or whether you're kind of, you know, doing the same thing and just meeting people who maybe are not so fun or open. So that's it for this section. Now we are moving into our wild card section for the week, which this week's wild card is on thanking God for the no. So when we really wanted things to happen and they didn't work out, but it ended up actually um, for our own good. 